Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. Today is Sunday, March 7th, 2021. The Los Angeles Lakers are at the All-Star break. They're officially halfway through the season. And, you know, it's it's a good time, to, if as any, to uh, look back on the year so far, see how the players are doing. And really, as you see at the title of this episode, I want to talk Blake Griffin. Um, hopefully, by the time you listen to this, Blake Griffin is still a free agent, so it's not old news. I want to talk about that and kind of talk about some of the reasons why I think the Lakers should be signing Blake Griffin. But I kind of got to start by talking about the team thus far, halfway through the season, kind of set up, set it up a little bit, um, you know, so you can get my logic. Uh, halfway through the year, Lakers are 24 and 13. They are fourth in the third in the Western Conference. Excuse me. Um, not an ideal start for the Lakers. So obviously, Anthony Davis being hurt was not is not good for the team. That has really hurt them. Uh, some of their depth has not been great. The team didn't look good without Dennis Schroeder. They lost their last two games in the first half, one with LeBron, one without. Uh, in the back-to-back, he didn't play the second night, although they were one Kyle Kuzma, you know, shot away from winning that game. Um, so they finished 24-13, and 13, probably not as good as we would have expected. I want to say I predicted back in before the season 28-9. and nine. So four games worse than I expected. You know, you figure the two that they ended the half and then some two other fluke losses that are just, you know, one-score games. That's really the difference. Um but it hasn't been as good as, you know, maybe last year even. But at the same time, they are coming off the shortest offseason in American sports history, not having Anthony Davis, all that stuff. So if anything, 24-13, and 13, all things considered, is a little bit of a win. Yeah, they ended, you know, really poorly. If we look at it, they lost six of their last eight of the second half. And if we, you know, go back another few games, it's seven of their last uh, ten, I believe. So not a great way to head into the All-Star break. But, I mean... The regular season wins don't really matter at the end of the day, if we're being honest. It's just getting to the playoffs healthy and, you know, making sure they're 100% full strength and they are ready to go in the playoffs. Um, it is important to kind of have a top four seed. That way you can at least be have a home playoff series, but and you reduce the chance of having to play a really good team in the first round. But at the end of the day, just get to the playoffs, get healthy, make sure you don't rush AD. That's kind of the big MO. That being said, there has been a few disappointments for the Lakers thus far this season. Um, and that's who I really wanted to touch on here. Uh, a few guys. Wesley Matthews has not been good. He is uh, has the worst box plus minus on the team among rotation players. Uh, Jared Dudley and Costas Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo, excuse me. Um, they have worse, but they're not real rotation players. Um, Wes Matthews, though, he hasn't been great at all. He hasn't been shooting the ball very well. He's not scoring at all. He's averaging four points, one and a half rebounds, 1.1 assists. He's only shooting 33% from beyond the arc, 35% from the field, and he's not playing that great a defense. So he was viewed as this wing, you know, 3 and D kind of guy, and he just hasn't been that. Um, I wouldn't say he's downright terrible defensively, but he's definitely not a plus defender. He's just kind of out there. He's kind of average. Um, and that's a shame, really, because I was really excited about the West Matthews pickup because, to me, it was a lateral move from Danny Green. Um, the best version of Danny Green, I think, is better than West Matthews, but the Lakers did not get the best version of Danny Green last year. They got you know, what they got. So I figured with how Wes Matthews played last year and how Danny Green played last year, that was a tit-for-tat swap, and I thought that was going to be excellent. That is not the case. Wes Matthews is playing worse than Danny Green played last year, and he really hasn't been that beneficial to the team. So that kind of exposes the team's wing depth a little bit. Um, that's important to note. 
Uh, he's not the only disappointing Laker, though. Markeith Morris, and I'm a huge Markeith Morris guy. Anyone that knows that, uh, listens to this podcast, knows that. And he's been equally as bad. You know, he's inefficient offensively. He's not adding any new dynamic defensively. Uh, he's averaging, you know, he really didn't get more playing time until the last few games. He's averaging five points a game, three, 3.8 boards, one assist. That's not terrible. Uh, 40% from the field, 32% from beyond the arc. And that's just not going to cut it. And we've seen this throughout Markeith Morris's career. He's had some years where he looks really, really good, and he's had some years where he doesn't look so good. Uh, he was red hot in the playoffs for the Lakers as the third highest uh, postseason three-point shooting percentage with as many shots. He took 69. So 69 or more shots in the playoffs. Only two Lakers all time have had a better three-point percentage in a single NBA playoff. So he was huge for the team last year. He has not been that this year, and you know they could really use someone to potentially play his role. He's playing 17 minutes a game right now. If they bring in someone that could give those same minutes with a higher ceiling, wink, wink, uh, maybe that's the best move for the team, or that's in the team's best interest, I should say, not the best move, because they still need to bring in a center, and that's because Marcus Gasol. Now, I've said it before on this podcast, I do think Marcus Gasol is getting a little bit too much, you know, crap. Um, he's really inefficient offensively. Let's let's not get it twisted. He's not shooting the ball well. He doesn't really do much. He doesn't dominate down low like you'd expect. But it's old Marcus Gasol. You know, we really shouldn't have been expecting you know thirty year old Marcus Gasol. He's thirty six. He's not LeBron James, um, but defensively, he's still been a plus, and his impact was really felt in the games he missed um, at the end of the first half as well, and I think maybe some Laker fans might have realized, like, okay, he does add stuff defensively to this team. Um, offensively, he's terrible, but they still need a center. You know, he only plays 20 minutes a game at most, and if he gets into foul trouble or gets hurt again in the NBA playoffs, you know, I've said it before, they come up against a team like the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic or the Philadelphia 76ers in the finals with Joel Embiid. Like, they're going to run into problems, you know, if that happens for Marcus Hall. So I would like them to add depth. I've talked about that time and time again. Um, Kyle Kuzma has been a, been a pleasant surprise. Dennis Schroeder's advanced numbers are not promising, are not good. But the impact that he has on this team and his playmaking as playmaking ability as his second as the second facilitator ball handler, it's really important. We saw that in the four games he missed. So I've you know, advanced numbers are helpful, but they don't always tell the whole story. Jalen Horton Tucker's been an okay defender. A good defender, not okay. Offensively, he hasn't been that great. He's been rather inefficient. He's kind of only got one move that kind of drives to the lane, right hand finish. I really like his passing inside, you know, especially when he's coming off like a fast break or LeBron's in the corner, or whatever, and he hits THT and he's, you know, usually by the free throw line, whatever, maybe top of the key, and then hits someone, pivots, you know, hits someone in transition or whatever, uh, finds the passing lane inside. I really like he's like that. He's done that a few times this year. That's really promising. He's also, what, 20 years old? Um, Seven points, two point four boards, two assists. That's fine out of a twenty-two year old or twenty-year-old actually. You not shoot the ball well. Excuse me. Twenty-eight percent from beyond the arc, forty-four percent from the field. That'll only get better. But they kind of needed him to step up a little bit with how the team, you know, has performed this year and not having Anthony Davis. And he just he he's a work in progress, and we should expect him to be. Like I said, Kuzma's been a fantastic surprise. Um, I'm not a big Kyle Kuzma guy, and I think he's playing pretty decent basketball. Not great, but for what I expect out of Kuzma really solid you know he's doing what the Lakers need him to do the problem is when he's the third best role player that's you know that's not good um Kasich uh, not Kasich excuse me Montrez Harrell they're right next to each other on this list uh Harrell has been solid I really like Harrell I think he's been better defensively which I kind of expected on the Lakers I thought he'd be a little bit better um offensively he's been fantastic he's been great uh Caruso still playing really good defense offensively you know he's still not really a threat at all uh, he started the season shooting the three ball really hot but that hasn't you know hasn't carried on you know past the first few weeks of the season so 
they really are missing some offensive pieces. Uh, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis. That's obviously going to take you really far just alone, especially in the playoffs, scoring a combined 65 to 70 points. And you have Schroeder and you have uh, Harrell to be those you know third and fourth scores, and that's really good. But outside of that, KCP is another guy. I didn't even mention him. Started the season shooting red hot. He's still shooting about 40% for the season, I believe. He was at least before the Kings game. I don't know if he went down after the Kings game. Let's see here. He's shooting. Caruso shooting exactly 40%, but that's kind of misleading. KCP, 40.2%. That's also misleading because he's really inconsistent. He has games where he can't miss, but he also has games where he can only miss. Um, and when that's your fifth best offensive player, that's a little worrisome, especially in the playoffs. So they have the guys and they, they have the good foundation, but they need – they need more role players. They need more scoring around them, I think. I think, you know, when Caruso is defense first and Taylor Horton Tucker is pretty much defense first and KCP is inconsistent and Marcus Saul is inefficient offensively and Wesley Matthews isn't doing offense, anything offensively, Markeith Morris isn't, it really comes down to can KCP have a good night and can Kyle Kuzma, you know, produce as good, if not a little bit more than his averages. Now, can that happen in the playoffs? Yes. Is that going to happen every single time? No. And again, LeBron and Anthony Davis is obviously a great place to start, but I, I think they do need a little bit more depth, especially offensively, um, because I, it's just – I mean, look at the team, how they're losing these games. You know, these low-scoring games, they rank 18th in the league in offensive rating, first in defensive rating, so the defense is really good. Um, but the offense, they're 21st in points, in game, points per game, 18th in offensive rating. That's just not good enough to cut it. Granted, again, not having AD hurts, you know, and they turn the ball over a lot too, 25th in the league in turnovers per game. Um they don't shoot the three ball well. They don't do a lot of things well offensively. They need some help offensively. And who should that help be? It should be Blake Griffin. Uh, you look at Blake Griffin's numbers these last two seasons, it's been terrible. But I like what he could bring to the team. You know what else I love? Keeping it groomed below the waist. And to do that, I use the Manscaped products. Uh, Manscaped is hooking us up. They're hooking us up here at the Lake Show Life Podcast, partnering with the Fansided Podcasting Network to bring you guys, our listeners, you know, a great offer, an exclusive offer for the listeners. Um, and really, they want us to kind of talk about how great their products are. They sent us their products, and they are great. I wouldn't vouch for them if they weren't. Um, they sent us their Perfect Package 3.0 that has plenty of things. It has multiple things. In the middle, the most important thing, the thing your eye you know, gravitates to right away, is the Lawnmower 3.0. It's their newest version of the Lawnmower, their trimmer, their electric trimmer. It's got the LED light. It's got a nice silicone grip where it's non-slip. Um, and they have a little guard you could slide onto it to really prevent the nicks, especially for someone like me who could be a little careless at times. Um, it's, it's a great, it's a great trimmer. It's a great product. It works fantastic in the shower, out of the shower. I haven't tried out of the shower. I'm shoot. I'm assuming it works fantastic. Um, it's just a great, great product. Um, but that's not it. They also have the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Both of those allow those, both of those keep your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking, you know, all the things you don't want to happen down there. They also have three, two, three free gifts in their perfect package. It's a pair of high performance manscape boxer briefs, as well as a little travel bag to throw all your goodies in. If you do any traveling as things are opening up in 2021, hopefully staying safe, uh, staying healthy, all, all you listeners out there. Um, and like I said, manscape wants to hook you up. You know, they hooked us up. They want to hook you up and they want to give you guys 20% off and free shipping. If you use the code fansided 20 at manscape.com. That's right. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, great product, save some money in the process. Go spend that on, go get some shaving cream. You actually don't even need shaving cream. Um, go go get a nice dinner. 20% off, you could use that money, go get a nice dinner. Maybe go get the new McDonald's chicken sandwich or something. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code fansided20. Unlock, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So Blake Griffin, he's a polarizing name. He's a huge name 
former All-NBA, uh, All-Star, just has all the accolades. You know, obviously hasn't been on a playoff team that went past the second round because he was a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, but really the biggest buyout name we've had in quite some time. Yes, it's not the same Blake Griffin as old, but rarely do we see a player like this, an All-Star, former All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, um, you know, averaging a career 21-8-4. Granted, a lot of that's back in the day. Um, just a guy in his prime who was averaging 22-10 and 10 or 22-8 and 8 and was just one of the most electric players in the league. Rarely do we see a guy who was an All-Star just three years ago. Um, rarely do we see that get bought out, especially with two years left on his deal. And that's what makes this so interesting. So there's been six teams that have been reportedly interested in Griffin, shown some sort of interest. It's the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Clippers, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers, and who's the sixth team? There's a sixth team that's, uh, that's – oh, Golden State Warriors. Um, those are the six teams that are reportedly interested. The Nets appear to be heavy, heavy favorites, and I honestly do think that's where he probably goes. Uh, but I'm hoping, you know, he he lives in L.A. in the offseason – um, he played in LA before. I'm hoping maybe he just has a little bit of a hometown bias and he comes to the Lakers. That'd be great for this team. And I know a lot of Laker fans are kind of against Blake Griffin coming to the Lakers. And if you look at his numbers, I mean, I see where that logic's coming from. I mean, he's not the same guy the last two years. I mean, this year he's averaging 12 points, five boards, four assists, shooting 36% from the field, 31% from beyond the arc. He's turned into a three point shooter, which really is a testament to how the league has changed. If Blake Griffin came to the league in the 90s, like he would be a Hall of Famer. Um, nowadays, you know, with the three ball and everything and being a power forward, he kind of had to develop a three-point shot, and he's still not fantastic at it. Uh, he did shoot 36% from beyond the arc uh, three seasons ago when he was an all-star. So there's that. But, you know, he's trying to force it, and he hasn't been fantastic. Over the last two seasons combined, 13.8 points, 4.9 boards, 4.3 rebounds, 28% from beyond the arc, 35% from um, the field in general. Um, and his advanced numbers are equally as terrible. I mean, he has a negative 4.3 defensive box or just box plus minus last season, negative 2.6 this season. Um, he was averaging negative win shares. He finished with negative win shares last year. This season, he's averaging 0.26 win shares per 48 minutes. Um, that's very, very, very bad. Um, he, his numbers just aren't that good. They're not. And me sitting up here and pretending like he's been good these last two years, it's just it's a lie. He has not been good these last two years. However, and this is a big however, Blake Griffin at the age of 29 in the 2018-2019 season put up tied for the best value over replacement player at 4.7, the best box plus minus at 5.1, and he posted the fourth or fifth most win shares, fifth most win shares of his career. He was an all-star. In that season, he averaged... 24.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 36% from the field, 46, 36 from beyond the arc, 46 from the field. Now, he's been injured multiple times since then. He's only played 38 games since that season, and he's not the same guy. But it's Blake Griffin, and it's a buyout signing. And why are we turning our noses up to a buyout signing? That's what I don't understand. Does Blake Griffin fix all the Lakers' needs? No. Is Blake Griffin playing great basketball? No. Is there a chance that Blake Griffin comes to the Lakers and he doesn't even make that big of an impact? Yes. But he's a buyout signing. The 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 ceiling is what you were paying for in these signings. And that's what people seem to forget. Markeith Morris last year, before he was on the Lakers, was not that great. He wasn't. And there's other buyout guys that, in general, they're just, they're flyers. You know, you look at someone like P.J. Tucker, same thing. His numbers have not been fantastic. He's a flyer. You're hoping he could reach some of his ceiling. Hassan Whiteside, 
he fits from a, a logical standpoint and from a team need standpoint, but he's not a fantastic player. He's just not. You know, and there's there's some other buyout guys that could be on the market. You know, Drummond's kind of like the the golden goose if it does happen. I don't know if the Cavs are actually going to, you know, bite the bullet and just buy him out. But if no one wants to trade for him, what are they going to do? You know, kind of just save some money and let him walk away, do the agent a favor. But all those guys, they the Lakers aren't missing out on some extraordinary buyout guy by taking the chance on Blake Griffin. And if they are, if Whiteside is released and they need to add someone else, just wave Alfon- Alfonso McKinnick, McKinney. Excuse me. Just wave, wave McKinney. He doesn't play on this team anyways. And why, why are we going to give a roster spot to a young, a young wing who's easily replaceable in today's league? Doesn't even play. Isn't even that good, if we're being honest. Like, he's okay. He's a back end of the rotation guy. Wave him. Wave Markeith Morris if you need a third guy. Like, you have guys to wave. Take the risk. Take the bet on the ceiling. Because the ceiling of Blake Griffin, he is never going to be the his prime version of himself. And he... he isn't really going to be the 2018-2019 version of himself. But if you can be 80% of that guy from three years ago, this is the third or fourth best player on the Lakers, maybe fifth. And this is a guy who can maybe score 16 points with six boards and four assists and be a decent shooter, you know, and really go back to his roots around the rim. I don't think he's going to be as dominating. You know, he just hit his body physically isn't going to do that. But the way the Lakers play and the way they utilize their size and the way that bigs always seem to play better with LeBron James, except Marcus Gasol, um, and the way LeBron could hit him in cuts and cutting to the basket and all these things, like, there's potential there. And that's what you're betting on with the buyout signing. You're not going to get a superstar. And this is a rare opportunity where you're getting a former superstar who has a higher ceiling than your typical buyout, sign, I, buyout signing. I would 100% rather have Blake Griffin than P.J. Tucker every day of the week every day of the week and you look at it the Lakers need depth while Anthony Davis is out and Blake Griffin plays that position he at least gives the Lakers someone gives the Lakers another body they need someone to be a better version of Markeith Morris Blake Griffin can do that and at his worst he's just doing what Markeith Morris is doing right now anyways and also he that keeps him from going to another team and another team potentially unlocking this potential like the Brooklyn Nets like the Los Angeles Clippers like the Golden State Warriors aren't really real contenders, but these other teams that could unlock his potential and turn him into something special. 80% of what he was three years ago. All of that is like could happen. And I, I, it's just one of those no risk, literally no risk, with a potentially high reward. I mean, think about it. Blake Griffin has been playing on the Detroit Pistons for the last three and a half seasons. Who wants to play on the Detroit Pistons? Who picks to play on the Detroit Pistons, you know, I mean, Jeremy Grant and whatnot just signed there, but he signed this massive extension with the Los Angeles Clippers, the team that drafted him, the team that called him home. He planned on being a Clipper for life. He got his number retired and then he gets traded 33 games into that new contract to one of the smallest market teams in the league who haven't fielded a truly competitive team in two decades, maybe not, no, a decade and a half. And didn't field any competitive teams with Griffin. His best season, the 2018-2019 season when he was an all-star, they made the playoffs as an eight seed, 41-41. And they got swept. They got swept by the Milwaukee Bucks, and it wasn't even close. I believe Blake was hurt for that series, too. So he's been playing on a small market team that he never wanted to sign with to begin with. I mean, I'm sure once he was there, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to make the most out of it. But he never wanted to sign with the Pistons. He wouldn't have. 
and he gets traded there, and he's on a non-contender, and that can take a toll, and that can impact someone's level of play. And we've seen it before, where the Lakers cash out on someone who is ring-chasing. Look at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was nowhere close to the prime version of himself. You know, and he, there's better center role players than Dwight Howard last year. But the Lakers reinvented Dwight Howard. His career looked like it was over. And now he is not only was a valuable piece to the Lakers last year, he's a valuable piece to the Philadelphia Sixers this year. And he's going to get another contract because of how he's played the last two years for these two title contenders. Having something to play for and playing in a team that run operates at a higher level can just raise the level of play. Not only does Griffin have something to play for if it comes to the Lakers, but he's playing on a team that I would assume is more in tune with advanced analytics, is more in tune with the coaching, the players' needs, facilities, all these things that come with being a big market team and being the most notable team in the league. Griffin will benefit from the situation. Now, his injuries are a concern, and do I think he's going to, you know, it's not a guarantee. It's far from a guarantee that he reaches this level of play. But there's the chance, and that's what you're paying for, and that's what you're paying the league minimum for. And that's what you're taking a tryout on. And you're giving Blake Griffin an extended tryout while Anthony Davis is out, giving him more minutes than you otherwise would, and seeing how he fits with his team and seeing if he could you know, reignite that spark and become somewhat close to what he used to be. And if he does, it's, it's a wrap. If Anthony Davis is healthy and the Lakers get 80% of what Griffin was three years ago, it's a wrap. The Lakers, they're, they're the deepest team in the league at that point, and they get that fifth offensive guy who can give them those 18 points to 20 points to 22 points even at his absolute best. He probably won't score 22. Those 18 points a night. That's huge. And that's why you have to sign him. Who else? And that's my biggest question. If you don't sign Griffin, who are you waiting for? What buyout signing? You know, Andre Drummond's the only guy I'm okay with being like, okay, I understand that. But that's that might not even happen. P.J. Tucker. It's not as good as Blake Griffin. Hassan Whiteside, not as good as Blake Griffin. And if they really still need that center, which I think they will, wave McKinney. You don't need McKinney. They're not going to get three eight buyout guys. They're just not. And I, I don't understand the logic of not taking the risk and not banking on that potential of Griffin just finding his old version of himself. So I, I think it's a no-brainer. I really do. I think if you're the Lakers... As long as you know Blake gets up to him, he very well might want to go to the Brooklyn Nets. But if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you push hard for Blake Griffin. You give him, you tell him, you know, we're going to give you this role, and this is the situation we have, and this is all our facilities, this is how we do things. Come win a championship with us. And hopefully he takes it. He might take the Brooklyn Nets. He's got that DeAndre Jordan connection, and they obviously got the most star power in the league. But if he wants to stay in L.A. and the and you know, is okay, is willing to sign with the Lakers, the Lakers would be absolutely foolish to not offer him a contract. That's my take on it. Now, as we head into the All-Star break, well, in the All-Star break, actually, um, I already mentioned how the team was doing. Um, I think we're probably still going to get a little bit of sluggish play out of the break, and I, I don't think we should panic if that happens. The first game is Friday, March 12th, against the Indiana Pacers. Started the season really well and then has just kind of fallen off a cliff. Um I am going to be out of town for a week. I am still working, but I am not working from my, my normal residence. I'm actually going up to my, my dad's trailer with him up in Arizona, uh, Catherine's Landing. Um, we're going to go, you know, I'm going to work and whatnot during the day, and then I have to help him paint and do a bunch of other stuff. So I'm actually not going to be near recording equipment for a week. So you might not get another Lake Show Life podcast for another week, uh, maybe previewing the, the Warriors game on Monday, March 15th. The next time you might hear from me probably will be – the 14th or the 15th, either the night of 
you know, Sunday, March 14th or the morning of Monday, Monday, March 15th. So it's going to be a week break. I apologize for that. Uh, this episode is out uh, two days later than I wanted it to be out. Um, well, really one day later. It didn't matter with the All-Star break, but I got caught up some in some other things. So that's how that's how we're looking at. Enjoy the All-Star game. It's going to be it is going to be what it is. I just hope no one gets hurt and LeBron takes it as easy as he physically can. And really start looking forward to the second half because we're going to start buckling down and, you know, the rumors are going to intensify. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, Blake Griffin's already a Laker. If he is, then everything I just said, if you still listen to all of it, is just going to seem pointless. If he's not a Laker, also going to seem pointless. And then they're probably going to pivot to someone like P.J. Tucker, Hassan Whiteside, whoever's available. I think it should be Griffin. Let me know who you think it should be. Let me know in the comments over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review with your um, feedback. Do you think the Lakers should sign Blake Griffin? Um, that'd be awesome. Leave us a review. I'll read them on the podcast. Let us know on Twitter, at The Lake Show Life. Let us know on the website. Go comment on the article I just wrote about why the Lakers need to sign Blake Griffin. Uh, let us know anywhere. Uh, I love communicating with you guys, talking hoops with you guys. It's really fun. Um, and in the meantime, everyone stay safe. Have a great week. Go Lakers.